You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back in podcast i'm tyler downey lance glenn working hard behind the scenes as our producer it is a pretty important recruiting weekend to say the least coming up here in happy valley uh, the biggest weekend in terms of official visitors on the calendar here in 2022 and a lot of implications for where penn state could grow out the remainder of its 2023 recruiting class uh, nearly the entire 2023 recruiting class is going to be on campus in terms of commits and then a bunch of uncommitted guys we'll talk about that and plenty more with tyler calvaruzzo our full-time recruiting reporter here at Lions 24-7. But first, a look at one of the incoming freshmen. Almost everybody is in town from that 2022 recruiting class. And one of the last additions there, Vega Ioane, uh, is going to be on campus next weekend. So he's just finishing up everything in the Pacific Northwest, uh, performing for one of Washington's premier uh, high school programs. We'll talk about his career at Graham Kapowson and a lot more and bring him on the show right now. Uh, good morning to you. Good afternoon from us. Uh, really nice to have you on the show, Vega. Of course, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, I know that you have seen a lot of your future teammates, you know, post that they're on campus and, and you've kind of read that they're they're getting to campus and getting started. How much does that kind of make you excited and really chomp at the bit to get there next weekend yourself? Uh, seeing all those guys, you know, they're all moved in. Everything got me feeling ready to go. Uh, it makes me feel a little sad, you know, being one of the last ones getting on campus. But, you know, it's whatever. Now, our school season about to end up in a little bit. Uh, graduation on Monday, and then I head out there on Sunday. Well, congratulations on your upcoming graduation. Big moment for you. And then another one just around the corner. Who's going to make that trip when it's time for you to check in? Because, obviously, that's a long-distance move. Yeah. Uh, it'll just be me coming down there on that weekend. Then my parents and them are going to decide they can come down later on. Well, you talk about coming in a little bit late. It's kind of fitting because you came into the class a little bit late there on that February signing day. A lot of the work was done in December. Uh, you were one of those remaining targets and you ended up announcing your decision there in February, that first Wednesday committing to Penn state. Can you kind of talk us through what last winter was like for you once that early signing period gets through, how things changed in January and those first couple of days of February? And the whole recruiting process, you know, it was all stressful. I was committed to UW for a while and then everything changed up and uh, Penn State took a notice and they swooped in, took their chance and uh, they made a pretty good uh, impression on me. And uh, that's pretty much what led to me committing there, you know, making that decision. You're at Graham Kapowson High School. That, that is a program that's uh, perennially producing Power 5 talent such as yourself. And you were on the radar very early. Pac-12 programs were lining up when you were an underclassman to offer you. And you mentioned that you verbally committed to Washington uh, a while back last summer. Uh, you stuck with that class for a while. Uh, things changed. There was a transition from a coaching staff perspective. That was, what, mid-December, a couple weeks before signing day? Were you really planning on finalizing plans with Washington if they had not made that coaching change? Yeah, uh, I took my official visit back in December, or I mean January, and, uh, you know, I got to meet the whole new coaching staff, and they were all pretty right. cool. You know, they made a good impression too, but uh, I wasn't really feeling it, you know, because my connection with Coach Lake was pretty good. You know, he just left and all that. 
And so your options open up uh, and then you say, hey, I'm going to look really far uh, and you got a chance to go uh, and check out Happy Valley. You got a chance to check out Minneapolis, obviously also in the Big Ten. Um, the three finalists you listed, you included Washington on that list. Uh, did it ultimately for you come down to Minnesota and Penn State or was Penn State kind of in a class of its own? Uh, Penn State was kind of in a class of its own, you know, uh, both Minnesota and Penn State had their own like uh, – on stuff that stood out to me and made me want to pick them and landed them in my top three. And once you got here, what, what was kind of different about campus and different about central Pennsylvania than, than what you imagined? And what were some things that were very consistent with what the coaching staff had been telling you from afar? Uh, one of the most consistent things that caught my attention was the coaching staff telling me about how much they're going to take care of their players, like all, all the stuff they're going to do for me like alone, you know, that made me feel like it was going to be a home for me. And and how about just the surrounding area here? Um, you know, I, I'm sure you saw on your trip in, there's some farmland right across the street from Beaver Stadium. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what's, what stands out about you know, your future home here in just a matter of 10 days or so? I loved how isolated it was, you know. I looked at it from perspective where it'll be like a, like, isolated so to where I can focus and like on ball and school. What do you think will be the biggest challenge for you in relocating across the country? I know you're excited about the football aspect of it, but um, what are you going to have to kind of mature through a little bit and, and kind of deal with as you make that trip? Uh, when I was down there for my visit, that three hour difference took a little bit to get used to it. You know, I called back home and, uh, it was like midnight here, but it was like 3 a.m. down there, you know, but it's like a whole new atmosphere that I got to get used to when I get down there. Now, you were a max prep second team All-American last year. Uh, your program did not lose a game during the last couple of regular seasons. Class 4A state champs to cap things off. Uh, a really nice finish to your career. But one thing that, that maybe people don't know is you did a nice job of changing your body up. Like you had all those offers. Your body continues to grow. And then all of a sudden, what do you find that, that you need to, to trim some weight to get to where you want to be? Yeah, uh, I started playing varsity in my sophomore year. I was around like 295, you know, and I was feeling that I was a little bit too too light to the point where I was getting, you know, bullied off the ball a little bit. And then our season got canceled or not season, our school year got uh, cut a little bit short. And then throughout that COVID season right there, I was just putting on weight to where I can get and then coming back for my junior year season, I got to the point where I was a little too like overweight and all that. And I felt myself was getting a little slow and all that. So then I decided to cut down a little bit uh, before senior year. So it was straight work that summer and after the season. Yeah. And so the way James Franklin described you Vega on signing day, uh, he said you showed up on campus, you were weighing somewhere around 330 pounds, but he said you carried it like you were 295 pounds. It was obviously a very positive feedback about what they saw on you as a staff. Where are you right now from a weight standpoint? And, and ultimately, where do you think you kind of land as a college player from a weight perspective? Uh, right now, I'm around like 325, cut down, you know, like five pounds. But when I get down to college, you know, I'm just going to put on more muscle and uh, see where I land on that line. 
Now, Penn State has a lot of things going on right now. They've got some newcomers. They brought in a transfer to the interior. Tell me about what you've been explained about your role uh, year one on this offensive front. Uh, me and Coach Trout were talking about it a little bit. He said that Landon Tangwall, uh, redshirted his freshman year, you know, took some time to learn that playbook, get a little bigger and stronger and faster. But uh, to me, I'm trying to get there and make an impact as soon as I get there. What do you think are the, the biggest things you've kind of got to check off the list to put yourself in a position to do that when you guys are kicking off in September and then into October and November, of course? Uh, to me, in my opinion, uh, probably the most or the more important thing I got to worry about is like the mental part, all the playbooks, all the plays. You got to learn that, all the calls. But physically, I feel like I can handle anything. And that's the feedback that, that we've gotten from the Penn State staff, that they think physically you'll be able to get here to campus and do some things. Now, you get on the practice field in August. What is the kind of, I guess, what kind of label do you want to carry on the practice field early on? What do you what do you want to be known as in the trenches as Penn State gets underway and you guys put the pads on eventually this summer? That's one thing I've thought about for a while after my visit. You know? I want to get down there and let myself stand out, let myself be known. You know, I want to come out there, be that leader, leader that's just there, you know, make a big impact. It's a very large group of freshmen uh, linemen, and, and as I mentioned, you got a transfer involved there. Uh, you were late to the class. Have you been able to kind of form any connections with these guys um, and, and and kind of gain some insight as they've gotten acclimated on campus themselves? Yeah, I've been texting the guys here and there. Just you are, know, are there any all the stuff? Any particular players that you've kind of tapped into as that resource? Uh, I've been talking to Drew Sellen. And, yeah. of course, Drew Drew got the campus ahead of you, and and, and he's primed to play that tackle position. Um, from, from a guard perspective, um, what do you think? I mean, are you a guy that can play all three interior positions? Is snapping the football uh, something that's going to be part of your arsenal or has been? Tell me a little bit about that versatility you may have. Uh, I've never played center and you know, touched the ball ever, but for the past like couple of weeks, I've been working on snaps, you know, just in case. That's the biggest thing to me, you know. I got to work on everything just in case and stay ready. Right. And and so just in case, uh, in, in the terms of preparation, what have you been doing back home? What will you continue to do in this next week and a half to to make sure that you are able to kind of hit the ground running on campus? Uh, for here, I've been learning that. Um, the, that line runs as like zone type of offense. So I've been working on my reach blocks, all that. And then I've been working on my snaps here and there. And just a whole bunch of like footwork, staying light on myself. And you're going to make this big move. Uh, are you going to look back and kind of encourage some guys to follow you? Uh, if it's a good experience, we've seen Penn State put some offers out there. And I know when fans see an offer out in Washington or, or out in Oregon, they say he's not coming to Penn State. Would you like to kind of create a little bit of a pipeline? Yeah, I want to be that guy that, you know, that does the unexpected for me. Because most of the kids here were like, nah, he's going to UW or he's going to Minnesota. None of them expected that I was going to go to Penn State. And, you know, I just made it happen. But I'll definitely try to put these kids on over here. We got some talent down here, too. I'll leave you with this. Uh, you're not going to be able to, to kind of talk with the media much once you get here for a little while. What's your main message about what your freshman class hopes to accomplish here in the next three, four, five years as a group? Uh, you know, I'm just going to say that 
like here in high school, we were able to reach that state championship and that national championship because we grew together. We worked together. We went through everything together. The more we work together and, you know, put in that work, then we're good. He is Vega Ioane. We'll see him around campus real soon. For now, enjoy the rest of your time with your family and friends, and uh, congrats again on graduation. Yes, sir. Thank you. We'll be right back on the Lions 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. As I mentioned at the top of the show, very pivotal weekend impending for the Nittany Lions here in Happy Valley. Long list of official visitors. I don't think they have put a cap on the list of official visitors for this weekend. And thus, we call upon Tyler Calvaruzzo, who's done a fantastic job tracking all these visits, confirming things. And as we get closer, uh, confirmations are pretty important with these official visits, as it always we're reminded on a cycle-by-cycle -cycle basis. Let's have Tyler hop in with us now. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Like you said, we're making sure all these kids are getting to campus because it's ever-changing and confirmations flowing in. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. We'll take all the ones we could get because some names just pop up sometimes. Yeah, let's get to it. Uh, you were on the last episode, and, and of course, one of those official visitors from last weekend, Yazid Haynes, ends up committing to the program as an athlete, could play receiver, could play cornerback. We discussed that at length last time around. It's a longer list to go through this time. Uh, we do have a commitment date on the calendar from a guy who was on campus last week. We'll get to that. We'll get to some other odds and ends. But let's talk about the centerpiece of this situation and start with the fact that Essentially, the entire 2023 recruiting class is represented. Jameel Lyons will be on campus next week for his official visit. Marcus Stokes, we saw around campus last week. But, man, the gang's all here. Yeah. Alex Birchmeyer tweeted about it yesterday. Big weekend coming up, and they're going to be about nine commits on campus to try and sell that vision to all the uncommitted prospects that Penn State is set to host on their official visits. And it goes without saying that it's huge to have those guys there on this kind of a weekend where there is so much at stake and just the magnitude of prospect that Penn State is set to host, to have those guys in their ear around them and saying, hey, look, this is what we saw in Penn State. This is why we wanted to commit. This is what we saw in Coach Franklin and his vision. This could be you. You could join us. And just to have that message conveyed, not just by just a couple of commits, but I mean, we're talking about nearly a dozen. That resonates with guys. So with leaders like Birchmeyer on campus, that's going to be big for Penn State. It's, it's almost like having another set of assistants doing the recruiting pretty much if you think about it. 
Yeah, we saw three of these offensive linemen. All three of them will be on campus this week. The remaining guys who are uh, on board this offensive line class, Anthony uh, Dunka and, and, and Javen Williams, and, of course, Alex Birchmeyer, who was on our show last week. I know Birchmeyer, in, in speaking with him, very enthused about the fact that he feels like they come off as a group that genuinely enjoys being around each other, genuinely is embracing the fact that they're buying in for the next four or five years together, uh, kind of committing to one another just as much as they're committing to the program. Um, and, and he feels like that's going to be a good selling point and a natural selling point on a weekend like this. Um, you know, one name that we got across off the list that, that Alex had mentioned he was excited to get on campus with, uh, it, you reported this earlier in the week, is Caden Proctor, and uh, considered the number one offensive tackle prospect in the country by many out there and really starting to narrow his focus. And for a while, this was on his schedule. Um, not going to happen, though. Yeah, Proctor will be making the trip. And at the end of the day, it's nothing that Penn State did. It's not really a Penn State-related thing. It's just a matter of where Proctor's recruitment is trending right now and the schools that he's zoning in on. Penn State did a good job recruiting him by all accounts. The visit was scheduled for a while. But at the end of the day, he just he's really starting to focus on a couple schools and kind of has a really good idea of where he wants to be. And he just decided to scrap the Penn State visit and – focus on that not a Penn State issue you know that they did all they could in this case yeah uh, and the other name that Alex Birchmeyer was very quick to bring up Evan Link was on campus last week continues to play very close to the vest with his recruitment he's got things to sort through but very high on that priority list for Penn State position by position uh, and now you have to fill a, another slot there with Joshua Miller flipping to Georgia early this week let's focus on the possibilities everybody has kind of heard about the committed guys they're not as exciting these days to listen to Let's talk about the top targets that are on campus, and let's begin with some of these in-state talents. And Tamir Robinson, uh, we've heard Brian Doan on the show multiple times talk about his progression from a guy who was considered a top 24-7 safety to a top 24-7 linebacker, now a top 24-7 edge rusher. And uh, it's been fun to kind of track that progression. And every step of the way, Penn State has been a player. Yeah, Robinson's been a hot topic of debate on the, uh, the Lions 24-7 board. You know, he was at Virginia Tech. Last weekend, that visit seemed to go well, but the growing consensus seems to be that this one's going to come down to Penn State and Miami. I think Penn State's going to have a chance to close the deal this weekend, obviously. But, you know, this is pretty much the definition of a battle right now. Miami has made a pretty strong impression. I think Tech is a little bit of a wild card. I, I still think the Hokies are kind of, you know, lurking in the corner a little bit. I think they're going to have a chance, especially with Brent Pry being there now. But I like Penn State, this, this coming down to Penn State and Miami. I still think Penn State is in a good spot. I think the relationship Robinson has with Manny Diaz is trending in the right direction. I think it's growing, and I think that could be a determining factor coming out of the weekend. You throw in not just Brent Pry, but Tyler Bowen, the offensive coordinator with Penn State, who spent some time here, was very well liked by players, staff, media. Uh, it'll be interesting to see as Virginia Tech and Penn State start to you know collide a little bit more frequently on the recruiting trail with some familiar names. Uh, the other name here uh, in Pennsylvania, considered the top running back here in the state of Pennsylvania, London Montgomery out of Scranton Prep and Journey Brown. Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, we've seen what they've done in Nittany Lions uniforms. I think we're going to get a chance to see very soon what Nick Singleton can accomplish wearing that Penn State uniform. All of them once thrived as high school running backs here in the state. It's an easy sell. Where is this, though, coming off the Trayon Webb visit last week? He's up from Florida, top 10 running back recruit. And from London Montgomery's standpoint, as he's been exploring his options. Yeah, you know, we talked about Montgomery a little bit on Tuesday, and it's really more of the same heading into the weekend. There's going to be a spot for him at Penn State, it seems, regardless of whether or not Trayon Webb decides to become a Nittany Lion. 
And to be completely honest, by the time this episode airs, I think there's a good chance I might have a crystal ball in for Montgomery just with the way things are heading. You know, in-state guy, there's really not that much to sell in regards to in running back staying home and thriving at Penn State. Montgomery sees all that. The staff is high on him. He's fresh off the tech visit, but the intel indicates that Montgomery is trending towards Penn State. I hope Lance was listening closely because he's going to race you to the crystal ball and try to get this podcast up as soon as possible. The pressure's on for you. Uh, that's a notable one right there, obviously. Yeah. Penn State, you know, sitting at, at this threshold where, you know, they've been waiting for this big push and, and maybe stacking up some commitments. We'll talk a little bit, but, you know, people want to see 10 commitments in one month like they saw last summer. I don't know if we'll get to that point. But it does feel like this is a weekend where you could see the floodgates start to at least seep a little bit. And how about someone who's coming to town with a future Nittany Lion? And that's King Mack, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas defensive back, a guy who really lit it up on the spring track circuit. As a result, has been a riser in all rankings at 24-7 sports. Obviously an outstanding football player. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas turns out a bunch of good ones. And Conrad Hussey is one of them as well. Safety prospect who committed to Penn State this spring. Hussey's a guy who had a really strong week at a showcase event in Vegas last weekend. He's going to be probably rising up the rankings. He's starting to collect some interesting Power 5 offers. Could be a battle to keep him on board with Penn State, but I know he's excited to get to campus again this weekend and to do so alongside his teammate, King Mac. He said the chance to play with each other at the college level is very enticing. He doesn't want to apply any unnecessary pressure on King, but he says – he, he thinks his teammate understands why he committed in the first place, and I think he wants to try to see that all revealed to him firsthand over the next 48 hours as they spend together on campus. Michigan State, it sounds like, made a strong impression last week. And Max, another guy, as his profile continues to rise, you got to pay attention to what some of these schools in the Southeast are doing as they maybe extend some scholarship offers and look to shake things up, even if guys are committed to Penn State. Yeah, you know, it's always interesting with a guy like Mac, whose stock is just steadily rising. I believe he's a, he's up into our top 150 in the rankings now. Actually, I believe he might be a top 120 guy. If, I could be wrong on that. Don't don't quote me. But he, he's rising at a pretty rapid rate. And naturally – 122. 122. There you go. 122. But it's just a matter of, you know, when a guy like Mac – puts himself on the radar like that. You're going to have the SEC programs of the world sniffing around, you know, with all the NIL stuff going on. They can make some pretty good offers. But I think the opportunity to play with Conrad Hussey, who, you know, we just touched on him receiving his own individual increased interest. He just picked up an offer from Oklahoma. So that's something to monitor moving forward. But I think the opportunity for those two to play together at Penn State is something that looms really large heading into this weekend. It's something that they've talked about between the two of them. Hussey has said so many good things about having just the opportunity in general to play with Mac at the next level. The fact that there's even a chance of that happening is something he seems like he's really excited about. And he's going to have the chance to do his selling on Mac and bring him to Happy Valley with him. Mac's a guy who I, would, I wouldn't necessarily have him on commitment watch heading into the weekend, but I think there's a pretty good chance that Penn State could separate itself from the strong impression that Michigan State made last weekend and kind of further its lead with Mac, and that could eventually lead to them closing the deal with him. And as of last check, Mac's a guy who wants to figure this thing out soon yeah. and, and and move forward, get into senior preseason camp and, and have the college stuff figured out. So sounds like, you know, he's going to be weighing his options in the very near future. So, uh, you know, the fact that they get him second, I think that's that's a benefit, you'd imagine, uh, overall, when you kind of chart how recruiting works. But these days, it becomes more and more difficult to lean on data that, that has been accrued in the past. Now, when you look across uh, – 
the guys who've been hot topics on the message board, you happen to mention Tamir Robinson. Have you heard much about Tony Rojas? Oh, we've heard a lot about Rojas. You know, him making it down to Georgia this week. It seems like he has kind of shot up the Bulldogs linebacker board in Joshua Miller-esque fashion with the way he went up their offensive line board. The interesting aspect of the Rojas' recruitment is that the Penn State relationship is much more longstanding, but it seems like Rojas is pretty intent on giving Georgia opportunities to kind of play catch-up. Those are words that he's used, I believe. He's letting the Georgia staff play catch-up, and you know he's trying to get a feel for the position coaches down there and the relationships down there. And, you know, the frequency in which he's getting down there has to be – there's got to be some level of concern, especially considering now that he's – in pretty high standing on Georgia's linebacker board. And it looks like Georgia's prepared to take, I believe it's three players at the position. So Rojas is most definitely in play for them. But look, at the end of the day, Rojas's relationship with the Penn State coaching staff, it's been well-documented. It's strong. It has the longevity aspect. So there might be a little bit of a sense of urgency to get this one done and kind of keep Rojas from getting to Georgia for his official on the 24th. And I think you could see Penn State make a push. I still like where the Nittany Lions are at right now, but I got to admit, it's getting a little bit dicey with Georgia. The question for me is, needless to say, there should be urgency on the side of the Nittany Lions. Is there a sense of urgency on the side of Tony Rojas, or is he starting to see things expand, the horizons open up a little bit and say, you know, let me start to, to view from a different lens my recruitment because it seems like people are viewing me in a different light. We'll see where he takes it, uh, but but this is a guy that, as you mentioned, if you're soaring up the target board for the reigning national champions, that's obviously going to turn your interest before we even get into the NIL conversation. But Penn State gets a big opportunity here. Manny Diaz gets a chance to step up. And, and speaking of stepping up, it's going to be a big weekend for this defensive line group. Uh, John Scott Jr., Dion Barnes going to put in some work. A really interesting long-distance names here. And, and you know, we don't have to look very far for a long-distance impact guy with Zane Durant coming to town. And by the way, Saw Zane Durant coming out of player workouts yesterday. The guy, uh, just just can't wait to see him play some football this August and September. I'll leave it there. But he is obviously an immediate impact player coming up from Orlando, Florida. You've got Derek LeBlanc, LeBlanc from uh, Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, Tomarian Parker, uh, defensive lineman out of uh, Phoenix City in Alabama. And then you kind of go down this list, and, and a new name on there that you reported on earlier this week is Jalen Thompson from that familiar school, Cast Tech got the King twin, twins on board on the roster. Uh, again, some some long-distance targets. Uh, maybe you don't feel as great about the guys to the south, but I think the emerging name there, Jalen Thompson, moved my meter a little bit when, when you were able to report that and confirm that. Yeah, just starting with the guys from the south, you know, I think Penn State's going to have to make a pretty strong impression to give those guys reason to take their talents to state college because at the end of the day, a lot of those guys have a desire to play closer to home, they grew up watching SEC SEC football. That's where their heart is. You know, Parker's a pretty good example of that, where he has a pretty decent level of interest in Penn State. But his own father has recently said in interviews with 24-7 Sports that it seems like, you know, more trending towards the SEC, Georgia, Tennessee's of the world. So John Scott Jr. and Deion Barnes are going to have their work cut out for them with that group this weekend, just convincing them that, hey, there could be a spot for you here, even if it's not in the South, even if it's not that close to home. This could be your future home. We have what it takes to get you to that next level. And with Thompson, yeah, I would definitely say it's moved my radar a little bit as well, just because you had such a good unofficial visit with him in the spring to the point where he wants to get this official scheduled. 
because he didn't have, I mean, he goes without saying, he didn't have to schedule this visit. He has Michigan State coming up on the 24th, and he's already so high on the Spartans. He could have just left it there and, you know, called that a month. But he decided that, hey, I got to get to Penn State this weekend. I got to really do my homework and see if this is a potential spot for me. And I believe that he thinks it could be a potential spot for him. You talk about the Cast Tech ties to the program. That's something that I'm sure his coaching staff has been discussing with him. And it'll be interesting to see how this weekend plays out. I still like where Michigan State is at, but I think Penn State's making things interesting here late. The King Twins have really enjoyed their experience with with Penn State. I, th- I think the family, the coaching staff have really hit it off. And one thing to note here with Kobe and Kalen, they weren't just really good players at Castec. They were the culture-driving players at Castec. They were the, the guys that the coaches leaned on for a locker room that has a lot of talent, a lot of egos uh, at Castec, and, and perennially is getting recruited really hard. Those were two linchpin kind of characters. So – their their word and their is going to carry a little bit extra, I think, and to get them around on campus this weekend, I'd imagine uh, for much of the time is going to be an important aspect of that visit. Derek LeBlanc is coming off of a Florida visit, a official visit, and that's where he's crystal balled three for three, including one from uh, Steve Wolfong, um, a couple insiders down of Florida as well. So again, uh, you're looking for home run kind of experiences here to get these guys to head back to the Southeast where they've got a, a lot going on already and, and you want that taste to stick in their mouth for a long time. Um, but uphill battles and in and, and some cases and some others uh, th- looks like there's maybe an opportunity to push towards a commitment. And, and that's kind of what everyone's been asking you. And that's the five star mailbag for today before we get to a couple odds and ends. Um, and I didn't pass it along to Lance. So there's no graphic on YouTube. But the question was, and you got this on the board, I know what based on an over under of two and a half for commitments this weekend. And we'll extend that all the way to midnight Sunday night. Where do you land on the over-under for Penn State picking up commitments? Two and a half, huh? Well, I'm sure. And, you I, and this is this is not this is not restricted to just official visitors, as we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, that's a pretty big caveat. I'm sure, I'm sure you can see by my face. I just absolutely love this <laughs> love this question. Great question. Thank you for asking it. But <laughs> this is this is why we pay you the big bucks. <laughs> that is the truth. All right, so two and a half. I'm going to say, all right, so there are two guys I like. One we're going to get to. Montgomery I already mentioned, so he's, he's out there as one. See, those are the only get to two. The other. Yeah, you no, want to get to the – I mean, Tyreek Blanding is, yeah. is announcing. So, I mean, this is a guy who officially visited last weekend, and now he's announcing this weekend. He set that up uh, pretty quickly. Uh, uh, Brian Doan had a story up by midweek on, on that decision. I don't know if we've got a firm timeline locked in for Saturday – uh, but it sounds like, uh, based on the, your crystal ball projections, that you really like where Penn State is heading here. I've got one in a day after you, um, and and I'll tell you what, you know, coming off of that visit within six seven days, two guys out of what seven visitors last week, that would be a nice hype. That'd be a, a nice turnaround for Penn State while they're dealing with this weekend itself. Yeah, not sure when exactly Blanding's going to pop on Saturday, but. I like where Penn State is at right now. It seems like it's really down to Penn State, Michigan. I know he listed the top five, but those are the two programs that have really stood out throughout his recruitment. I like where Penn State is at. He's one I feel pretty good about. So between him and Montgomery, to answer the question, see, I'm going to say under just because I'm not sure when exactly the other three are going to like bring an end to their recruitment. I'm not sure if that aligns with the timeline in this case for this question. The three guys that I'm thinking of beyond – Blanding and Montgomery are King Mack, Rojas, and Tamir Robinson. Those are three guys I could see landing at Penn State.
but I'm not necessarily sure that happens, you know, at the end of the weekend, even by the end of next week, you know, those are guys who still have a lot of bit, a little bit of thinking to do. Rojas obviously another visit to make. So things still got to play out there. I could see those guys then again, Penn state, you know, maybe a couple of weeks from now, but not necessarily for the timeline of the question. So right now I'm going to say under on the two and a half, but you know, if, if this, if there's a little bit longer of a timeline, I'd probably go with the over. I feel like I didn't even mention people if are like, who is Tyreek Blanding? Uh, maybe don't follow recruiting all that closely. I know most people who listen to this do follow very closely, but uh, out of Christ the King in New York, uh, defensive lineman, six foot three, 275 pounds, uh, Penn State, Michigan, Oregon, West Virginia, and Syracuse are the programs under consideration for this announcement. The crystal ball swinging pretty swiftly towards Penn State, picking up Blanding, an announcement coming on Saturday. Uh, of course, if that does happen, look for coverage and some analysis coming your way uh, online 247.com one other name that we wanted to get to here was neo avery because he put out a top list this week Uh, six teams were mentioned as still under consideration former nittany lions commit a guy who was early on tight end then you think defensive end then you think well which one right now he's on committed and right now penn state's not in that top group yeah so Avery was actually, I believe he was originally supposed to make it back up to Penn State this month, but right now there's nothing scheduled. Penn State didn't make the top group. I know Penn State would like to get him back on campus at some point. It just seems like Avery's trending towards playing the SEC at this point. Maybe Maryland, maybe they still have a chance at keeping him home, but I think this is one that ends with Avery playing in the SEC right now. But I think Penn State, they're going to keep trying to a degree. I think they're going to try to work to get him back on campus. But, you know, that's, there's no guarantee that happens at this point, especially with Penn State not making the top group. Well, uh, as one class tries to build itself and you try to get this 2023 train rolling, uh, offers continue to go out and reshape the board for others. And, and 2025 has a new quarterback target. And that came off of a camp that we witnessed on Wednesday. Um, and you spoke with him pretty soon after. Yeah, Malik Washington from Archbishop Spalding in uh, Maryland. You know, he, he's a guy who he tested pretty well, ran, I believe it was in the 4'7 range in the 40, legit six foot five. He's still getting there mechanically, but you see the arm strength. You know, he, he's a raw talent that Penn State really likes. It's his second power five offer. Virginia Tech got in in May, early May with an offer, and he's actually going to be camping at Virginia Tech again this week, this Friday, he told me. He'll be at Virginia Tech Friday. But – Washington has a pretty interesting tie to Penn State and his former high school teammates, Aki Wheatley, who tells him a bunch of good things about the program now that he has the offer. He says he gets better at Penn State every single day. And that really opened Washington's eyes because Washington's a guy who's big on player development. He loved working with the coaching staff throughout his camp. And, you know, I asked him, and I'm like, what do you think about your camp performance? And he was pretty honest. He was like, I was, I was pleased, but I could have done a lot better. There's a lot of areas where I know I need to improve and a lot of areas where I know it could have shined a little bit more. So you got to love that honesty out of a 2025 kid who knows there's still a long way to go in his development. He's very aware of where he's at, and he's interested in developing under the Penn State coaching staff. It's interesting. Very often you'll hear from the guys who get offered at camp that they're not necessarily all that satisfied with mm-hmm. their camp performance, and the guys who don't get offered – they'll spend a lot of time telling you how great they were at camp that day. It's it's funny how that is is kind of pretty consistent over the years yeah. and through the camps you've, you've attended. There was a big name that did pop up on, on this, and he wasn't on the initial camp list that you did a great job confirming names for. Uh, and I'm going to try this name. I haven't 
confirmed it with him directly. But uh, Brady Priestcorn, uh, out of Rochester, Michigan, six foot six, two hundred fifteen pounds. We have him on his twenty four seven sports profile. Looked every bit of that working out for Penn State yesterday. Got a lot of uh, individual time with Ty Howell, positions coach for the Nittany Lions. And this is a, a room that they ha- hold a very high standard in terms of who they're willing to offer. There's been some guys that have come to campus already this summer that have significant Power Five offers that left campus without one from Penn State. He came to town with one, and and if they needed some verification that it was the right choice, I think they got it yesterday. Uh, he was at Notre Dame recently. He's over 20 offers. Um, and and look, I know this is a guy that, that we're going to do some more digging on and try to get in communication with, um, but I think that's, that's pretty impressive that Penn State was able to – I don't know if he was passing through, if Penn State was on the way to somewhere else, but to get him to, to shoot down here and camp with the program says a lot about where they are from a, a, a recruiting tight end perspective. Uh, but also about, I think, where Brady Prescorn is in, in kind of the scope of his recruitment and how he views Penn State. This is a 2024 prospect, and he's number three at the position in our composite rankings. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You saw the talent with him throughout the day, and he already has a loaded offer list. Makes a lot of sense based on what we saw. Smooth route runner, good hands, doesn't let the ball get into his body. That's always, you know, something you want to see out of a young tight end. He, he just looks the part, man. He, he his offer list is really impressive, and I think he's only going to keep getting better. I think he's going to keep growing into his body. He's already a pretty big kid, but he adds a little bit more muscle. I think he's going to be a pretty dangerous tight end at the next level. He's going to be one of the top prospects in the nation at the position moving forward for sure. And I think Penn yeah. State, you know, getting him on campus now, getting him to that camp, pretty big stuff because you always want to get in early with a kid like that. You want to start building that relationship and, you know, Prospects like preschool always appreciate the opportunity to work with a high-level coaching staff. And Ty Hal, it seemed like, did a pretty good job, and he took that coaching pretty well. So preschool is a guy who could definitely be on the radar moving forward. It's easy to see why he's a target. He's got it all going on for him right now, and he still has a long way to go in his high school career. And it was a lighter attendance for a midweek camp on Wednesday. Yeah. So it kind of gave the staff a little bit more chance to, to kind of invest some attention uh, in some certain spots. They got the quarterback offer as well, as we just discussed. And uh, we'll be back on the on the practice field next week. Another camp, another seven-on-seven tournament. Uh, TC, you're making your trip back to Happy Valley. I know yeah. you're excited to get back here. We'll do that. One other name to mention here before we get going out of camp, but just to really monitor moving forward, Ishmael Finlater. Uh, this is a guy who... You know, up at up at uh, Clarkson North in, in Ontario, Canada, has gotten on the radar a bit. He's got offer from Central Michigan, South Dakota, and Vanderbilt. He's gone on the camp circuit, Alabama, Oklahoma, and now Penn State. Each step of the way, he's put himself, I would say, on the wait list for all three of those schools as they try to sort through what they're going to do at the edge rusher position in the 2023 cycle. And in fact, Alabama brought him over, had him work with their outside linebackers coach uh, pretty extensively in a one-on-one setting. Um, meanwhile, it was defensive ends coach at Oklahoma that was spending time with him. And John Scott took a long look yesterday. I know that they were encouraged by some of the testing numbers he posted at six foot four, 230 plus pounds. Uh, he had a 30 plus broad. Uh, he's a guy who had a 10 foot, uh, uh, sorry, a 30 plus triple jump and a 10 foot broad. I know he was excited about that, talking to some of his coaches coming off of that as they were making their way back to Canada. Um, so Ohio offered on his way back, not Ohio State, but Ohio. There's some baby steps to this recruitment, but this is a player, uh, Ishmael Finlander, uh, that we that we have some uh, some content up on the site. Just think he needs to kind of be on that radar because, like I said, 
Penn State, we don't really know what what's going to happen moving forward at defensive end. I think that they've got some reassessing to do as, at the target board, especially as June closes and the official visit window ends, and we'll see what they come away with and don't come away with. But he's a guy that, based on some of that athleticism, based on the fact that he was a safety when he joined that program up in Canada a couple of years ago, and the guys working up there, legit coaching staff up there, they've, they've, they've been involved with some Power 5 recruitments and guys who have made that trip down to the States. It's not easy staying home and trying to become a Power 5 recruit. That's why Christian Veyu came down to New York and then to Maryland. That's why Jesse Lucchetta came down to Pennsylvania. This kid's trying to stay home and get this opportunity. Penn State's going to keep taking a long look, and they got a receiver coming down in July that we'll take a look at when we get back on the practice field next month. Yeah, Penn State fans, I suggest you do not forget this name because this is going to be one that comes up later in the cycle if he has a strong senior season. And the big thing is Clarkson North is playing a pretty good schedule in the States. They're all, all their games are in America. Oh, they right? got, they're all in America. They're going to like a bunch of powerhouses in Ohio. Very legitimate schedule. They're, they're playing a game, I believe, at Cathedral Prep in Erie, so that'll give people mm. some context. If he's going to go out there and look the part, it'll probably take two, three games before these Power 5 schools say, okay, we liked what we saw at camp, but there's a lot of rawness to it. If he goes out, splashes against some of these programs that are going to have other Power 5 talent, he's a guy that will end up at a high-level Power 5 program next December when he signs somewhere. See, like you said it with the Clarkson North coaching staff, they've been down this road before. It just speaks to that, the schedule they play. They know that, you know, like you said, it is difficult for kids to get that, those P5 opportunities if they stay in Canada. And for those who do stay, they're going to do everything they can to showcase that talent and put them in a position to earn those high-level Power 5 opportunities. But, yeah, he, he's definitely he, – he's going to be a guy who, who winds up playing Power 5 football if he gets the job done early in his senior season and that film gets around and staff start to realize – we saw him do it in shorts. Now we're seeing him do it in pads, and it's the same kind of high-level impact potential where you're seeing that athleticism flash. So, yeah, that definitely a name to remember. I think we're going to be talking about him come the fall. Even if it's not Penn State, he's going to be a guy who's on the P5 radar. Yeah, we'll end this episode on that international note. Uh, I will say we have a bunch of content from that camp on Wednesday up on the site, lines247.com right now. Uh, the interview with the quarterback recruit that got offered, uh, as we just discussed, a ton of photos from Mark Brennan and Grace Brennan as well, and a bunch of notes on who stood out to us. Uh, not necessarily everybody gets offered when they stand out. So uh, some guys did some nice work out there, some 2025, 2024 names to know, some in-state presence as well. Uh, we'll be back with another episode early next week. I think we'll have a lot to discuss. Uh, Tyreek Blanding again set to announce on Saturday the huge official visit, Palooza, taking place Friday through Sunday. You know where to find the coverage at lions247.com. We'll be back to break it down next week for now. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks to Vega. Thanks to Lance. I'm Tyler Donahue. This is the Lions 24-7 podcast. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.